Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Brothers of Greed podcast, where we talk about things that motivate us, experiences, and exploring the world around us. I'm Jared. I'm Ethan. And today we're going to talk about something that should motivate every father out there. We're going to talk about how to be a better dad. And uh, I know that for me, I'm expecting my fourth, you're expecting your fourth, and uh, being a better dad is something that's uh, on my mind recently. Uh, And so I think it's a great topic to talk about. All right, let's hit it. Let's do it. You can't climb the ladder of success with your hands in a pocket. We will not go quietly into the night. They tell me you're a man with true grit. I am the one who knocks. Don't ever tell me what I can't do, ever! That's how winning is done. Okay, alright, so today we're going to talk about fatherhood. Um, it's kind of interesting as I was kind of gathering all my thoughts and, and, and doing my research on, on this episode and putting everything together. Um, you know, it kind of makes you feel like, man, uh, am I doing everything that I can do? You know, exactly. Yeah. But at the same point it was like, Oh, you know, I do that. I do that. I do that. So it's, it's kind of a, you know, an up and down thing, but it, it, it really, it really helped me. So I, I'm, I'm enjoying this. Um, what I want to kind of say briefly to start is just talk a little bit about fatherhood generally. And for me to kick it off and say, why is it important for me to be a good father? Really, what is the, uh, what is the end all be all? Why do I try to be a, a, a good dad to, to my kids? So I have uh, two boys, a girl, and then expecting another boy. Um, and there is a, uh, it was a religious proclamation to the world, basically. It was titled Family, a Proclamation to the uh, to the world. It was given in 1995. And there's a quote in there that I really like. There's a part of it. And it talks about children. And basically this, this proclamation talks about family in general and what the expectation should be and, 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 um, you know, the importance of the, the family unit itself. Um, but it says children are entitled to birth within the bonds of matrimony and to be reared by a father and a mother who honor marital vows with complete fidelity. So that was kind of the beginning part of that is what I really wanted to talk about is that it says the children are entitled. Um, Typically when we talk about the world, the word entitled in our everyday language, it's like, Oh, that person's so entitled and they're entitled. And it's a very negative word. Um, but I've always loved that quote because our children, our innocent children, they are entitled to our love. You know, whatever your family dynamic is, they are entitled to be, uh, you know, nurtured and reared and provided for. You know, someone who literally physically cannot provide for themselves. If they yeah. did not have someone larger than them to provide, they would die. And, and so yep. for me, um, you know, it, th- that's why it's so important, um, to me, the role of father is there's lots of different facets and we're going to kind of get into a bunch of those different areas. But to me is that children deserve it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, one piece there is that, uh, yeah, we're talking about specifically about fatherhood today, but in that you said children are entitled uh, to birth within the bonds of marriage, uh, and two parents who are, are faithful to each other within that covenant, within that marriage. And I feel like 
you know, a man and a woman coming together and raising those kids, both having that, uh, that focus and that attention to the, the kids, I think is so important. Uh, obviously today we're just going to talk about the fatherhood, you know, we are fathers and, uh, you know, if we were mothers, we'd talk about motherhood. Uh, but, uh, I think it's just so, which important. is equally important, which yeah, equally, uh, important. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, heck, I could, I could not do things. I, my kids would not be the same if I didn't have a wife. And I know that lots of people, uh, maybe that's the ideal, the ideal situation or people have different situations and maybe there's a, a situation where, uh, you know, maybe one of the partners hasn't been uh, faithful. And so they, they've been in a divorce. In fact, half of the country is divorced, you know, uh, apparently that's like the, you know, the 50% of people get divorced. But, uh, so we're going to talk about some, but that still doesn't mean you can't be a good dad. So we're going to talk about what being a good dad yeah. means and how, in some cases, uh, you know, you can be the best you can be. And if, and if you're in a, uh, in a situation where you're sharing custody or you're uh, only see your kids, sometimes you can still be a good dad. And so I think that that's, uh, something that we can talk about as well. Yeah. Um, and, and so, uh, you want to talk about kind of the, the outline of yeah. what we're going to go through? Yeah, so, and, then... and, and thinking about fatherhood, I, I think of three things. I think of what does a father need to be? And those are the characteristics, characteristics that a father needs to be, uh, first. And then you talk about, okay, then how, uh, after that, how does a dad show his kids those things? So he, he is these, he is these things. And then how does he show his children what to do and, and, and educate them on that. And then finally, I guess the, the simple answer at the end is what is the objective of fatherhood? So we're talking about that. But at first I think I want to, that's kind of the pyramid, you know, you start from what a father needs to be all the way to the, the point of the pyramid, which is, you know, what's the point of fatherhood? So, uh, we're going to start with, uh, this first one, which is, uh, what does a dad need to be? So what do we want to kind of get some of yours and, uh, and mine on this? I'll, I'll start with the first one. I think okay. that a dad needs to be, uh, protective. Uh, I think that that is you know, a lot of times you hear that a man needs to protect and provide for his family. Uh, protective, I think, goes means a lot of different things. Uh, that can mean financially uh, in regards to uh, a life insurance policy. I think that if you don't have life insurance, and I'm not a life insurance salesman. Uh, I know several, but... I wish we had an affiliate link and say, <laughs> go get your life insurance now. But. Yeah, sure. Uh, but really, I mean, if you die, what are you going to leave your family? I mean, if you're going to leave your, your wife or... or yeah, you know, how is your wife gonna? If you're the sole provider in your family, how is your wife gonna go on, or how how are they gonna pay for your funeral costs? So I think that is kind of um, falls under the protective uh, f- protect them financially. Uh, I would say, and in other money cases, teach your kids about money, teach your kids about uh, budgeting, teach your kids about not going into debt, protect them from the slavery of debt. You know, I think that that is so important. Uh, also you talk about, I mean, probably the most obvious is protecting them physically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and my kids are, I have three boys and we tell them don't go in the street, you know, don't go play in the street cause cars are going up and down. And, um, you know, I tell my older boys, my oldest son, you need to watch out for your youngest Our youngest at this point is two. Uh, and he, he's, he'll sometimes wander into the street. So if, you know, if I turn my back for just one second, I'd like, Hey, son, you need to watch your little brother and make sure he never goes in the street. Uh, and so physically, protecting them physically. Uh, also, I think that um, protecting your family uh, in case uh, against danger, other dangers in this world, like uh, addictions or you talk about drugs or other substance abuse or 
just things that can be addictive in general. Video games. I think too many, too much video games can be addicting. addicting. Or something like pornography or these different evils that are out there that are enticing that can just pull you in and they can chain you down uh, and hold you there. And so protecting your family against those and warning your kids against those, I think, is one of the duties of a father. Yeah, that's great. I, I think it's important to have that that protective mindset in every every area. Yeah. Um, so I like that. Uh, be a protector. One, one that I had, um, and it's interesting because, you know, I have dad right and um you know i know that guy yeah <laughs> a, a lot of the examples and stuff that that as i was going through i was like well you know oh you know dad did that this way or dad did that that way and and so one of the big ones too for me was be an example um that one was was huge and there's lots of different areas to be an example you could be an example uh, in your work ethic you could be an example in how you treat others you could be an example in uh you know for well, well, here's here's a story. Um, growing up, um, you know, Dad worked a lot, and we and, and I'm talking worked like like physically. I mean, he worked at his uh, at his occupation a lot, but also when we on the weekends, we always worked together in the yard, and we were always doing stuff. And he was a very do it yourselfer type of guy, um, which which I appreciate because that example helped to teach me a lot of things. But some of the things that we that we did were not always like my favorite things to do. And sometimes raking leaves is not my favorite thing to yeah, do. Yeah, but even some <laughs> some other things, you know, that we that we did um, were were dirty and grimy and nasty, and you just didn't want to do it. Um, but he was always there. He was he was always one to be in the thick of it with you. And he would always tell me, um, you know, us. He would say, uh, "I'm I'm never going to ask you to do something that I would not be willing to do myself." Um, and I think that can go as far as work ethic goes, but I think it's the same thing as far as being a good example in life. Um, it's the difference between a leader and a, and a boss. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Leading from the front or directing from the back. Um, and so that, that was, a, that was always really important to me and, and to go along with the example, and, and I was going to bring this up a little bit later on, on something that we can, that you can do. Um, but I, I was thinking through it and, and, um, one thing that I, I was thinking that is is part of that example is maintaining a healthy marriage, and showing your, in my case, your boys how to treat uh, a woman, and uh, and your your girl um, how she should expect to be treated by by a man, you know, yeah. by her husband. And if my boys look up to me and how I treat my wife, and they say, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna treat my future wife like that. Hopefully I'm doing a good job. You know, I need to be cognizant of that. Yeah. And then as well, however I treat my wife, I want my daughter to say, you know, well, I want to hold my future husband to that standard. Or even boys in high school or whatever it may be, they need to treat me. I need to expect that they treat me correctly. Yeah, totally. In fact, I had an example as well, but I kind of had that under the how does a dad show his kids these things? So, uh, you know, if you want to teach your kids principles, you'd teach them that by being an example. That was one of the things I had. But let me share some of my thoughts on that that, yeah. that is an example. So uh, there was a quote by Charles Kettering. It says, Every father should remember that one day his son will follow his example instead of his advice. I think that's uh, so true. In our lives, there's really no... There, there's no fatherhood manual that they give you at the hospital, uh, you know, that, that uh, tells you how to raise your kid. And so a lot of us are just trying to figure that out. And... For most of us out there, uh, we're just doing what our, our dad did. Uh, and so 
and and occasionally, you know, you'll get someone who really breaks away from that to say, you know, you know, and hopefully in the situation where yeah, my dad was a terrible guy, I want to be better for my kids. Obviously, if your dad was a good guy and he was a great father, then you would want to follow that example. Um, so, and I, I've known kind of people on both ends of the spectrum, uh, but ideally what we want to be is that dad who our kids are, are following our example. And so one, another quote here was by Plato. He said, the best way of training the, the young is to train yourself at the same time, not to admonish them, but to be seen never doing that which you would admonish at that which you would admonish them. So being that example and, and growing with them, train yourself and then you'll train your kids, hone yourself, be, be a master of your own master yourself and then you'll teach your kids how to do that if your kids just see you being lazy and not working that's how they're going to react and that's how they're if they see you always on your phone that's how they're going to be if they see you always playing video games that's how they're going to be and so uh but you know they may obviously kids are different you have to accept that as well but they will mirror that in fact um funny story the other day jack's my second oldest he's four uh he you know he goes and he says uh, mom, you look, you look so pretty today. Or he said, mom, you're the prettiest girl or something like that. And I always say that to my wife. And, uh, and then she was, she was telling me, she was like, you know, you're rubbing off on these kids. Jack's just randomly come up to me and say, mom, you're the prettiest girl. And then like just a few days ago, uh, she came down the stairs and my wife's, um, at this point, like eight months pregnant. <laughs> and so she comes down the stairs and, uh, from a very sleepless night and, and Jack says, uh, mom, can you go get pretty? <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, that was not something that I've ever said. And she's like, I know. Uh, so that was kind of a funny story, but yeah, totally. I think that being that example is, is critical. Yeah. Do you um, have another, do you have another well, one? Just, uh, another thing that you talked about was, you had a lot, a lot there. You talked about uh, loving your wife and showing that example. Now, that was one of the other attributes that I had is being loving. Uh, yeah, I had that one too. Un- unconditional love is one of the ones that I. Had. You talk about that, and I'll talk, then I'll talk about my piece. Yeah, I mean, it was just that, that was just on my list of unconditional love. I mean, you chose to um, to, to bring this this soul and this child into the earth. Um, so I think it's your responsibility to 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 love them in every way possible. Um, and uh, I mean, it, everyone has their, their free will, right? People can make their own decisions. And just because your child maybe doesn't make the decision that you want them to make or that you think they should make, doesn't mean you should love them any less. And even if, you know, I know that there's, there's been situations where, where parents and children really, you know, maybe dislike each other or whatever, but still that person is still your child and still your parent. And I think that unconditional love and an overall wish for well-being is important. Yeah, I think that's totally true. In fact, the way that I was thinking about it is is not necessarily as far as unconditional love. I'm glad you mentioned that. But what I was thinking is it's just exemplifying being a loving person. And that, that, that includes being kind to people. That yeah. includes being kind to... I mean, it's easy to be kind to... Um, you know, people that you're friends with or, or neighbors that you like or, or their friends, but it's much harder to be kind to people you're, that you don't like or your enemies. Uh, what it was that, that Christ said is to do good unto those who persecute you and despitefully use you. That is the hard thing. Every, you know, th- that's the hard piece that people are trying to figure out. And so uh, being kind to those people, being kind to everybody, uh, also love, like you said, that was why I brought this up, being kind to your wife. Um, 
There's a man by the name of Howard W. Hunter. He said, one of the greatest things a father can do for his children is to love their mother. And I just think that that is so powerful and that showing that example of how women should be treated. Because if I treat my wife like trash, how do you think my kids are going to treat their girlfriends? You know, hopefully, hopefully not the same way, but, um, you know, people follow examples. And so if I treat my wife like a queen and I, and I do, uh, treat her the best that they can. I, and I tell my boys to treat her like a queen. Hopefully one day they'll treat, uh, someone else's daughter. Cause I only have boys and my fourth, <laughs> my fourth is, is a boy. And so, you know, I got a bunch of Thomas boys running around there, uh, tearing up the, the local uh, roller skating rink or looking for girls. <laughs> Cruising the 4-H babes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm hoping that they'll be respectful of all the girls out there uh, as I'm respectful to their mother. Yeah, I think that's I think that's great. That that love is, is really important. What other attributes do you have? Um, I think a lot of mine are more of like um, how kind of the next ones that I got into. Did you have any other ones? Yeah, that? so I, I had one. Uh, you kind of already mentioned this, but being supportive. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you talked about unconditional love, but being supportive of your child, whether that's uh, going to their baseball games or going teaching them how to do things or, or exploring their new talents or habits. Sometimes kids won't always like the things that we like. And so we have to be able to accept that and, and support them in the things that they do like. Um and and sometimes we'll find things that are in common, and I, I just think that's so important. Another one was honesty and loyalty uh, to your kids, and and being there for them, and, and being loyal to them, and not uh, being truthful and honest with them. Uh, kind of goes all back to the, a lot of these are overlappers. Uh, one other one I had uh, before we move on to the next session is um, actually two. I had two others: uh, a pusher and a challenger. Why do you think that's important? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's important because. Um, especially, you know, with, with kids, they learn things so quickly. And I think holding a a child to, um, you know, a certain, maybe not holding them to a certain standard, but, um, you know, I think it's important to, um, you know, maybe standard is the right word and, and, and not just in learning, but in how they treat others and everything else. I mean, one thing that I think we both tell our boys is that, you know, we're Thomas's and, and Thomas's are tough. Right. And tough can mean a lot of different things. Tough can be your phys- you can be physically tough. You can be emotionally tough and you can support others who are maybe struggling. You know, you can be, um, you know, tough in, in, in so many ways. And that, that kind of goes along with one of the ones that I had was was uh, discipline and accountability. So a father can be disciplined and accountable for, for what he does. Um, and, and like you said, it kind of overlaps with some things that we can do. Um, but. And, and and my wife, she, she's uh she's good at pointing this out. Whenever I do something with with the kids that maybe wasn't you know I react in a certain way, and she's like, "You need to go apologize." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know, but I don't want to." But well, being willing same, to apologize yeah. is, is one of the attributes that you have to be humble enough to apologize. Yeah, and you know, but at the same point, it's like you know, well, I was right because I was teaching them a certain principle, but maybe I reacted. Too, too, too hastily, you know, I, I reacted in, I reacted with anger and that's not right. And so, and so I think it's important to be willing to, yeah, be humble enough to say, look, I'm, um, I'm sorry that, that I did it this way. You know, it should have been done this way. I think it's important for kids to see that, um, and, and be able to react and, and know that, you know, we aren't always right, but, as long as we try to be better. Yeah, as long as we try to be better. Yeah. One of one of the things that I say, probably probably more than just Thomas's are tough, but 
I usually say Thomas's are sharp. Yeah, I like as that. opposed to being sloppy, and that goes in in a lot of different ways. And so if they're saying words that are sloppy, uh, like you know things that I don't like them to say, I'll say that's a sloppy thing to say. Uh, and are, are we sloppy people? Uh, also, just I mean, it doesn't when you say sharp and sloppy, usually you think about how you look. I mean, that's the probably the minor piece of it is like don't look sloppy. Um, but like if you're, um, you know, I've got boys in my house, so if you're if they're whipping out stuff, they shouldn't be whipping out in the middle of the living room. Like, son, that's sloppy. Put that away. Yeah. I don't want to see that or don't fart on me or something like that. You know, <laughs> I mean, those people who have boys would understand, but like, you know, it's just kind of like telling them how to and behavior complimenting people talking about i'm trying to teach Colt, my my oldest who's in and, and my uh, middle son right now but complimenting people introducing yourself being sharp um talking back to people when they talk to you trying to look people in the eye and- yeah stuff like that and and so one thing with a pusher and challenger that i mentioned is what an example there is that i've been teaching uh, my oldest son how to play chess and he is someone who does not like to lose. And so the way that I'll do it is when I first started showing him, I showed him how to do all the pieces. Uh, and then I would say, okay, I'm only going to play. And this is actually how dad played with me. And, and then I said, okay, I'll only play with my pawns, uh, my king, and then I'll switch between my rooks and my knights usually. Uh, and then he'll play with me with his whole set of guys and teaching and killing one of his guys and, and seeing that sadness on his face. I'm like, son, this is a game. You gotta, you can't be upset about everything. So just teaching him how to lose and toughen up a little bit, I think is good. And then having him win. And then now he's at the point where he's like, oh, I don't want to kill you. He's like, oh, you move that pawn there because you were trying to trick me. And my queen is in danger now. So he, he's kind of getting it and he's being able to see further, further down the line and, and, and then and watching what I'm doing and read the game better. So it's really cool seeing that growth and, and seeing him able to be able to read the game and saying, okay, if I move here, I'm going to get you in check or checkmate or, or do this and this and that. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. I like that. Um, one of the, one of the thing I have here is, uh, I had preside and lead the family. Uh, so uh, there's a quote from a guy named Robert back backman. He said, father is the noblest title a man can be given. It is the most it is more than a biological role. It signifies a patriarch, a leader, an exemplar, a confidant, a teacher, a hero, and a friend. And one quote I heard that went along with that is that our Father in Heaven, God chose to go, He the title that He has chosen is Father. And so that kind of speaks to what that title means and how important that title is. And so I think that's how uh, kind of goes on to preside and lead the family. Yeah, I like that. So let's dive into the next section here. Great. How how does a dad show his kid these things? So you can talk about some of the methods you yeah, have. Yeah, so, you know, I, I think um, uh, one of the things we talked about, I think for me the main thing is time. Um, and I know that, you know, we're pulled in, in, in a million different ways. We have, you know, careers and work and, and, and um, community responsibilities, church responsibilities, whatever it may be. Kind of, sometimes we feel like we're getting pulled in a million different directions. Um, but the, the one thing that maybe is, um, is, is free is time. And that is something that I, I think our, our, our kids deserve. And whether it is, um, you know, you, you mentioned something that kind of that sparked a story in my mind. So you said, whether, you know, if we're just sitting on the couch all day and, 
whenever you know we're not working or not doing other things and we're just sitting on our phone all day, then that's what our kids are going to expect. And I, I, I admit that I tend to do that sometimes. Um, you know, it's been a stressful day. You just kind of want to sit on the couch and just unwind and just scroll through Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Um, but towards the end of the night, uh, when our kids are starting to get ready for bed, one of the things they like to do is they like they have these these songs that they listen to on YouTube, and it's like a dance along things where they you know they get up there and they jump around and kind of burn off some energy. Um, and uh, Nixon, my oldest, he really likes to do that. And he was up there, and and I could tell that his um, he was you know his, one of his favorite songs came on, and he's kind of started dancing, doing the same moves as the guy on the screen, and um, and I could tell he was kind of film that and post it on the Instagram page. Uh, yeah, yeah. So That's he, he was he was uh, he was not really into it, you know. He was kind of I could tell he was kind of hanging his head a little bit, and he he wanted to do it, but he was just kind of like oh whatever. And I was just scrolling on my phone while they were doing it, and I looked up and I saw that on his face, and I was just like man, you know. And so I, I put, I put my phone down, I turned it off and I got up and I stood next to him and I was like, come on boy, let's do this. Right. And then I started doing it with him and it was like instantly his eyes lit up and he just got super excited and it was just like, and then he got into it and and, and we did it together, you know? And it's like, yeah, yeah I made a, a fool of myself up there dancing like a, a, whatever we were doing. That's what dads do, right? Yeah. But, um, but he loved it. And so I think that's one of the things that it, it, it didn't take a ton of time. Um, but just spending that time for me was, uh, was one of the most important things that a, a, a father can do to, um, to teach his kids. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, there's one that I have, um, there's a, a quote that I have here from a guy named Umberto Eco. Uh, he said, uh, I believe that we, that what we become depends on what our fathers teach us at odd moments. When they aren't trying to teach us, we are formed by little scraps of wisdom. And I, I think that that's so true. And one of one of the ways I, I, I said was by teaching our kids and actually by, by two things, teaching and listening. Uh, because our kids, my kid asks so many questions, it's unbelievable. I mean, like, what if, what's 100 million times 15,000? And it's just like, ugh, like we banned math at the table because if, if, if we didn't ban math at the table, we would get constant math questions at the table about like what 100 million times a thousand is and what 56 plus 78 is. And it's just like, son, okay, let's just eat <laughs> and let's talk. Here's a calculator. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but like listening and sometimes he's just like, dad, you know, why is this? Or can you tell me about this? Or, or, or why is this? And, and uh, those experiences and listening to them and, and hearing them out and speaking to them, a child needs to be heard, uh, just like any any of us need to be needs to be heard. Uh, you know, sometimes you just need to shut up and listen. That's why God gave you one mouth and two ears because you should listen twice as much as you speak. And as I grow older, I'm learning that is more true than uh, I ever knew. I, I like what you said there, and it's interesting because it's the same way at like, um, I mean, like at work, right? Sometimes you you just want to be heard. Um, and you feel like your opinion is important or your ideas are important. And a lot of times, um, you know, those who are, you know, maybe the, 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 the managers or senior managers or VPs or whatever else it might be that you kind of feel like you're not being heard. Um, but whenever that does happen that you are heard, it's like, wow, you just, you feel, you feel so much better. You feel accomplished. You feel, you feel like you're, you're learning and everybody's growing together. And so I, I really like that, how it kind of compares even us to, to, to being kids. So, 
Yeah, totally. Uh, another one that I have is I had teaching and listening, and I also had playing and working with the kids. I had that too, yeah. Yeah, so I, like you talked about dad working with us as kids. Oh, man, we worked. Our yard, we lived in like kind of the woods, and it's just like come fall, we were raking leaves like unbelievable, and then like every seems like every year we were just cutting down branches like my our dad with the chainsaw is like a wild man yeah well it was like it was like what three something acres and uh, through a, a two and a half two acres of it is all woods yeah and those woods just keep growing and encroaching onto the lawn and everything so it was, we're always doing stuff yeah but do you remember i don't know if you remember this but i remember during the um we would work out with dad in the yard remember there was that crab apple tree that was in the front of the yard and yeah, so. we would they it, basically there's these little tiny crab apples that were like I don't know maybe the size of blueberries but they were hard uh-huh. and so I remember we would we would go out there and we'd be working all day but then in the in the middle of working we'd get like we all get like a handful of these little crab apples and then we'd run around the house and have like a battle and we just like throwing them at each other and like it's it's just fun you yeah, know yeah. to 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 work hard play hard yeah totally and uh, that working with your kids and showing them how to do stuff is important uh trying to do that now with, with my kids especially when they break stuff <laughs> yeah you know show them how to fix stuff and, and then just sitting down and teaching them stuff you know whether that's uh, something that we do in our family and i think you do this as well as your family is usually on one night of the week we'll sit down as a family and we'll talk about uh th- we we specifically talk about things about in the gospel uh, we talk about uh, jesus christ we talk about what his life was like, what he was like. We talk about principles that we should apply in our lives. We talk about how to pray. We talk about um, how to be grateful. So we have like a family meeting uh, once a week. And I think that's so important is to actually sit down and teach your kids something. Uh, and don't just leave that education up to others. Uh, the education is primarily on you as a dad and as a mom. And so to say, oh, they're going to do that at school or, oh, they're going to do this there. Uh, and, you know, you can't pawn that off. I mean, those people can help, uh, but that primary responsibility is on you. Uh, yeah. So. No, I, I completely agree. And I had on there, um, I had on there balance, discipline, and fun. Yeah. Um, as well good. as as well as uh, working together with them. Um, uh, another one that it has is is a how is is I think um, providing a safe environment. And um, for me, that was I always knew that no matter what the situation was, it, what I had done or what I was into or, or you know, if made a mistake or whatever else, I could always come to mom and dad and talk to them, you know. Yep. And we're talking about fathers here. So, I, I you know, no matter what it was, and, and, and I think to a certain extent, dad had, you know, mom and dad, but we're talking about fathers, had, had like this sixth sense. And, and I kind of feel it too with my own kids. You know when something's up, up with your kid. When they're just not acting normal, they're not acting whatever. And there was many times where dad came to me and just people was just like, hey, son, you know, what's up? Talk to me. And it doesn't matter what I told him. I knew that, you know, maybe I would get in trouble, right? But the end goal was always... Uh, your, your well-being. Was always my well-being. And, and that building a safe environment was always key. And, you know, I, I, I trusted my, my parents, I trusted my dad. And so, you know, trying to build that with my own kids is, you know, teaching them to tell the truth whenever something happens. Um, one of my children is really good at that. The other one, not so much. 
um, right now. And and maybe it's just because he's three or four now, but yeah. it's just like, you know, you have to ask him a million times, did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? And on like the 30th time, he's like, yes. I'm like, well, just, why didn't you tell me that the first time, you know? Um, or, or he asked, if I say yes, am I going to get in trouble? <laughs> and then, and then, you know, it's like, well, maybe you'll get more drill if you don't tell yeah, me the truth. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good thing to say. Um, but like you, you just remind me, sorry to interrupt, but no, you, you just remind me like you talk about that environment of trust and, and I, I just thought the next word was camaraderie and really like that, that brotherhood. And one thing I'm trying to teach my boys is that your family, la familia es todo. That's a, you know, that's a Spanish for the family is everything. And I just feel like I want to teach my boys to have this, this brotherhood bond that is just tight, this band of brothers that they can always have. And I, I just, sometimes I'm like, Hey, you know, me, Ethan, we're brothers, right? And I said, you think me and Ethan are friends? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, you need to treat your brother right. And I know there's plenty of times I didn't treat you right, but, uh, you know, uh, that's just being kids. But uh, I think that, uh, but generally, we were always playing together, and uh, we were always doing stuff together. I remember, I'm in our truth of story. So I remember yeah. one of the, because we were always, I mean, so Jared and I are, you know, just just under two years apart, and um, we uh, we were always in the thick of it together. And you were always the planner, and I was always the doer, right? Jerry was like, "I have this sick idea. Get in this car and let's do it," you know. And so, and and I remember one time I was so upset at you, and I said, "All your ideas are stupid," right? And um, and you didn't talk to me for like two days, and that was like that was probably one of the only. And we lived in the same room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember that was really one of the only like really true fights. That I can remember us getting in as kids. Yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, we had tussles and stuff I, like that. I, but those were like th- that was like a, and that was an emotional uh, thing. But like we got in plenty of fights. In fact, I remember one time uh, we were wrestling on the top bunk, and um, you smacked your head on on the, on the one that it was like a wooden bunk bed on the corner of the wooden bunk. And of course you were crying, and I was like, Shh, "Be quiet, mom's gonna hear you." Yeah, rub, was, rub in the back of my head. Oh, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, I really knocked your head, and then wouldn't stop crying. So I walked out, and I said, and I put my hand on the wall, and I kind of like leaned downstairs. It was a white wall, and I said, "Mom, Ethan's crying." And I took my hand away. And I looked, and there was a bloody handprint on the wall. And I said, "Andy's hurt." <laughs> yeah, I think that was like uh, maybe three or four staples later, and uh, yeah, we had I, a lot of I stitches and staples. Yeah. But uh, good times. And it's, but I just think that that brotherhood, that's that's why these kids go joining gangs and stuff. It's because they don't have yeah. that brotherhood. They don't have that camaraderie, that family culture that you need to build uh, in their homes. And so yeah. they, they leave and, and search for that elsewhere. And I think that same type of environment and camaraderie, I mean, we're brothers, but it can be it can be built between any siblings. Yeah, too. And, and I think that it can be built between uh, parent and child to a certain extent as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's... There's, I don't want to say controversy, but there's all ideas about there. People say, well, I'm not your friend. I'm your, you know, I'm, I'm your father, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. But I think there is, there is plenty of space to have a balance of both. I love spending time with my dad. Um, you know, I wish I got, get to spend more time with my dad, you know, whatever, you know, a lot of his hobbies are my hobbies yeah. and what he thinks is cool is the same things that I think is cool. And so, um, you know, I think as I get older, that becomes more of a friendship and less as a, as a, maybe a, maybe a dad. Well, I don't know. He's always my dad, but I think, yeah, I think but that, it does. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you get older, you're your own man and he's just kind of supporting you and that he's not necessarily teaching you those. Things. I mean, it's always your teaching, I guess, but he's more of just, you know, uh, 
kind of a friend, I would say. I was, um, and I was, uh, a quick story on a, um, I was on a canoeing trip one time with dad and some other leaders and some scouts and stuff, some boy scouts. And, uh, we were canoeing and it was, this area was kind of rapidy, right? And, um, is that a word? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, and, and I was, there was, it was a couple day canoe thing and I was in a canoe with somebody else, uh, for one of the days. And it was just like, you know, I, I did not trust that person. You know, I didn't trust their movements. I didn't know what they were going to do. I didn't think they had, you know, I didn't trust that they had the, 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 you know, I was probably 16, 17 years old. I didn't trust that they had the, the abilities or the know-how to control whatever. But then the next day I was in, I, I was in the canoe with my dad and it was almost like we were a well-oiled machine and we were in sync and it was just like, it just flowed. And it was like, I knew what he was going to do next and he knew what I was going to do next. And I just think it was really cool because that camaraderie was there. And I try to build that with my boys and whatever we do. And they're still young, you know, and, and, and things like that. But as they continue to get older, finding those things. Um, one of the one of the other things that I wanted to mention and that you had kind of talked about earlier in, in, in pushing and supporting um, is providing opportunities yeah, for your totally. children. And whether that opportunities are, uh, you know, I don't know, piano lessons, karate, or, you know, maybe they don't have the same likes that I do. You know, we didn't grow up playing, or I didn't grow up playing baseball. Um, but if for some reason one of my kids really, really, really likes baseball and they're halfway decent at it, then, you know, I'll, I'll support them in that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, or, or, or whatever else it may be, I think you, you, you provide opportunities for your children, you know. Well, I that think, was like kind of like just like mom and dad, like when we were young, we both started playing the violin. Yeah. And then you wanted to sit down because you're lazy. <laughs> and then you play the cello. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And then you play the cello. And then you're like, oh, I want to pivot to the guitar. And then, yeah. so, okay, well, here's a guitar. And you're like, you kind of pivoted. Well, and the, the, trumpet, the trumpet was in between all that, too. Oh, really? Yeah. So I played the trumpet for like six months. And it, you just I thought it was interesting. Things, yeah. 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 And it was, you know, and mom and dad were okay. And, and I played the cello for, for, for most of that, um, that time period because that was kind of what, what I ended up uh, hooking on to. Um, but then, Kids made fun of me, and I had to lug it back and forth on the bus, and I was just like, no, screw this. Yeah. Which bad. I actually really regret doing that, but that's a whole different topic. Really? Um, yeah. But they provided us with opportunities, and, you know, heck, that music lessons aren't aren't cheap, Yeah. right? And so, obviously, maybe somebody that doesn't have the opportunity or the, the, the potential to be able to afford music lessons, you could provide opportunities in other things, but you know? But there's so many opportunities now, like apps on your phone and, like, piano apps yep. and like yep. you could you know, YouTube have your kids. yeah totally so there, there's a lot of different ways that you can provide those opportunities yeah. so I think I interrupted you in a story you were telling I don't know oh um so I think kind of towards the end here let, let's talk about the last piece which is why does he do it so what's the purpose of doing this as a father so I think just said simply to get your kids independent to so kids can be independent, good and happy people. That's yeah. like the easiest way to say that. Yeah, I said um kind of w- w- what is the end goal? What is the end goal of what I'm trying to do in raising my children? Mm-hmm. And it was to create, raise and empower good, kind people that will have a positive impact on those around them. That's really is good. um kind of what I had put together. Is that your quote? No, it's not my quote. Oh, it's just okay. I just kind of wrote that. I wrote that down as I was okay. going through yeah. why and um 
I thought it was important. And it doesn't matter what, um, you know, on a previous podcast we uh, um, uh, were interviewing and um, was talking about seeing people on a horizontal basis and not on a vertical basis. Not up and down, but more on a horizontal basis. That, you know, it is important to be kind and to be good to others. And to have a positive impact and not a negative impact. And I think people of every class and income and and color and gender and orientation or whatever it may be, you that person or another person can positively impact each other's life. Totally. Uh, and, and and I think it's important to teach our kids that. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, one of the things we talked about was we each wanted, there's so many quotes about fatherhood. So we, we came up with each came up with our own quote on fatherhood. I think we should end on that. Um, maybe I should have made that other one my quote. I don't know. Maybe that was a good one. Uh, this is my quote on fatherhood. I wrote, a father's role is to plant the seeds of character into the hearts of his children and provide an atmosphere where those seeds can grow. Then it is to empower them with grit and self-confidence to continue to grow those seeds. When those children leave the home, they won't have full-grown trees, but they will know how to grow the saplings they have. I like that. I like it. Yeah. Because um, I feel like since I've left home as an 18-year-old, I mean, heck, the the male brain doesn't what fully develop, develop until they're like 21 or something like that. I mean, I, I still was, I, I still am today developing a lot of these attributes and things, but I had those saplings, those tiny trees uh, yeah. that were built, and I knew I had the grit, determination, and self-confidence to be able to continue to grow those and throughout other life experiences, I could lean on those some of those saplings, and, and that's helped uh, those seeds of my character really were planted, and they've continued to grow, and hopefully they're turning into trees and not dying out. Yeah, and and you know those those trees and those saplings and everything else will, are hopefully going to be able to provide that same thing for our children. Yeah, I hope to plant those same seeds. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, mine was um, let's see what I said here was um, what we say matters. What we do matters, but what we need to understand is that their lives and their futures are in our hands. Um, your best is all that they can ask for, but everything is what we have to give them. So, epic, epic. Everything is what we have to give them. Wow, I can't, I can't drop the mic, but that's a tall, that's a tall order. Yeah, you know, I, I think, and everything is is, you know, and maybe it's. My wife gives me a hard time because, you know, if you say, go, you know, give 110%, she's like, that's impossible. <laughs> you can only give 100%. You yeah. can't give anything else. Um, but, you know, I think it is b- driven by um, what is what you're able to do and then go above and beyond, find, continue learning, find something else that you can do yeah. and then find something else and something else. And just be better every day. Like we yeah. talked about earlier, improving yourself helps you improve your kids as well. So that's the whole point of the podcast here is to be better every day and to be, uh, just try to be a better man, whether that's for your kids or for yourself. It should be maybe for both if you do have kids, but, um, I think that's a great, yeah, great quote there. All right. Well, I've, I've enjoyed this one. This has been a good one. I like the, the the stories and, and kind of reminiscing about the, the past and the future. Yes, definitely. Well, uh, thanks all for joining today. And again, uh, look forward to, we're going to have lots of cool episodes upcoming. We've got lots of great interviews. So, uh, Hopefully uh, things aren't too crazy this week of the election and you can find some peace and uh, and spend some time with your kids and, and intentionally try to be a better dad. Yeah, uh, please like and subscribe. YouTube, uh, all, all podcast platforms. You can get us. Also follow us on Instagram at 
a.brothers.creed. Um, and we're looking forward to hearing from you. All right. All right. Have a good one. Let's build that creed together. Yeah. Yeah.